When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. Tired of endless diets and weight loss struggles? It's time to say goodbye to frustration and hello to results. Introducing Smart Metabolic Burn from BrainMD, your breakthrough solution to fight stubborn body fat. Imagine burning fat, balancing glucose levels, and regulating metabolism in just 12 weeks. This unique two-in-one product combines the power of two clinically studied ingredients in one revolutionary formula. Berberine, which targets abdominal fat, and OEA, which curbs your appetite. With just two capsules a day, Smart Metabolic Burn by BrainMD can kickstart your metabolism, fight stubborn body fat, especially that pesky abdominal fat and support your weight management journey. And right now, save over 30% on Smart Metabolic Burn at GetSmartBurn.com. The lowest price anywhere. That's GetSmartBurn.com. Don't delay. Transform your life with Smart Metabolic Burn from BrainMD. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. Our products are not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. What does every grocery store aisle now have in common? Products that come in paper packaging. And we don't just mean the obvious ones like cereal boxes and juice cartons. From beauty products to boxed water, there are more opportunities to go paper-tarian than ever before. So why should you? Because paper comes from a renewable resource and can be recycled up to seven times. Simply put, it's the smart choice for the environment. And it turns out, the easiest choice for you. Learn more at howlifeunfolds.com slash Hi, listeners. Welcome back. I'm Nedra Glover Tawab, and you need to hear this. This week, we have an exciting guest, Dr. Judd Brewer, the author of Unwinding Anxiety. I read this book uh, maybe about two years ago, and it was so helpful. Anxiety is one of those things that so many of us deal with, and sometimes we don't even know it. We have physical symptoms, emotional symptoms, and sometimes it really does impact our relationships with others. Dr. Brewer's take on anxiety, I think, is fresh. He talks about habits that we have around anxiety and ways that we can live with anxiety. And I am saying live with because it doesn't go away. You know, a little bit of anxiety is okay, but we don't want debilitating anxiety. So let's listen to this interview with Dr. Judd. So we are talking to a anxiety expert about a topic that I think most of us deal with. And the strategies that I found to be so helpful in Dr. Brewer's book, Unwinding anxiety, it was it was so helpful because I think so many of the things that we struggle with is figuring out how to move through anxiety, how to get over it, instead of how to move with it, how to think differently about it. And I'm going to stop talking because I think he has so much to share on the topic. Welcome. Well, thanks for having me. Of course, of course. How did you shift into the work of focusing 
on anxiety? Well, as a psychiatrist, I was kind of brainwashed in medical school to prescribe medications. And, you know, I say that tongue in cheek, but it turns out that it's about one in five patients that shows a significant reduction in symptoms when they're given the best medications out there. And so, you know, I started getting anxious about what I could do to treat my patients because imagine my practice has been set up around these very short visits to, you know, where they can maximize their uh, billing. <laughs> and, and so it's like, I've got this, you know, I've got 20 minutes with a patient and, you know, it's like, I can try medication. I don't know for the, of the next five patients that come in, which one of them might show a response and then what to do with the other four. So I get anxious about treating my own patients with anxiety. On top of that, you know, I've had some good run-ins with anxiety myself. I uh, was so anxious at the end of college before starting medical school that I developed irritable bowel syndrome. And when I went to see the student health doc, you know, he's like, do you think you could be stressed or anxious? I'm like, no, no, I must have a, you know, Jardia bacterial infection because I go backpacking. And, you know, because I was thinking, how could, you know, I, I, I'm a vegetarian, I play the violin, I exercise, I do all these things, dot, dot, dot. Therefore, I shouldn't be anxious, right? Mm. And in fact, you know, I was, I was, had pretty high anxiety to the point where my body was saying, hey, you know, we've got, I've got to make you pay attention somehow. And I won't, I'll spare you the gory details of my guts, <laughs> you know, spilling to me that I was anxious, um, but even would get panic attacks during residency. So, from my own experience, you know, seeing that anxiety is really tough uh, to my experience of trying to help my patients with anxiety, I had to find a different way. Hmm. You know, it's interesting because many folks don't recognize the physical impact of anxiety, like you mentioned, just stomach issues, eating issues. One, I don't want to say 100%, a huge proportion of people with sleep issues. Oh my gosh. Mm. Yeah. Uh, gosh, skin issues. I've seen people with psoriasis and eczema flare-ups and rashes and neck pain. That's one thing that I noticed with myself a few months ago. I was having an issue with my neck, went to a chiropractor, putting you know cold pads on it, and I'm like, I need a new pillow. Oh, that was my um, frustrated voice, but I needed a new pillow, right? <laughs> so I'm looking up, what is the cause of this neck pain? It said like 90% stress. I say it can't be true. Mm. So I don't need a new pillow. I don't need to go to a chiropractor. I don't need, I don't need an ice pack. I need to reduce my stress. Wow. How phenomenal. I mean, just these physical symptoms that we have that we often ignore because mm -hmm. we get used to popping a peel, taking a Tylenol or, you know, eating small meals because if we eat too big, our stomach will be messed up and it's really yeah. anxiety. Yeah, so true. So true. This is, this is how divorced we are from our bodies, right? And mm. how little we listen to them and think, oh, it must be something physical it couldn't possibly be anything else like my mind. <laughs> yeah. I know when, you know, I'm working with folks and I'm seeing some boundary issues and some relational anxiety, I will just point out how leading up to, you know, this event with them, you haven't been sleeping well. Hmm. You've had more panic attacks. Could it be the relationship? <laughs> it's like, you know, maybe you're allergic to your sister. <laughs> maybe, maybe that's 
the cause of all this anxiety. And, you know, it's not always like in the relationship or get away from this person. It could be, mm-hmm. you know, maybe there's something you need to say when they tease you, or maybe there's, you know, a no that needs to be said or something that needs to happen. So you're not in this situation feeling terrible all the time. Right. And then associating, oh, I get this rash every time my sister visits. What's going on? You know, it's it's probably not the detergent she uses to wash her clothes. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So what are some strategies you typically suggest for managing like generalized anxiety or just some routine anxiety people may have? Well, I would say that as a neuroscientist, you know, outside of my clinical practice, I look at the scientific literature. And it turns out that back in the 1980s, you're probably familiar with the name Thomas Borkovec, who was very well known for uh, talking about approaching worry and anxiety in a different way. And I never learned this in medical school, but he actually suggested way back then that anxiety could be driven through negative reinforcement. And when I found that, I was blown away because my lab had been studying how to help people break bad habits for, you know, for probably a decade. You know, we'd done good work, like we'd gotten five times the quit rates of gold standard treatment for smoking, for example, and it had developed an eating program where we had gotten a 40% reduction in craving-related eating. But I never thought that anxiety could actually be driven like a habit. So that's the first place that I start, is just helping people understand you know, how anxiety can be driven like a habit. Just to be clear, it's not that we can get rid of anxiety you know, by approaching it this way, but it's the critical piece here is that anxiety actually triggers a behavior. Mm. And you know, certainly it can be, we could be stress eating, whatever, but the behavior that's most common is worrying. And when I saw that connection, when I read about that connection and then could start to see it in all of my patients, right? Because worry is such a cardinal piece of anxiety. The way that works is that worry makes people feel like they're in control, even though it doesn't actually fix anything because they're, they're afraid of the future. That's how I think of anxiety. But it gives them enough of a reward in their brain that they feel like they're you know, they're in control or at least doing something. And that is enough of a reward to feed back and drive anxiety like a habit. And just to make this really clear, any habit needs three critical elements. One is a trigger, uh, two is a behavior, one's a result or a reward. And so we can think of the feeling of anxiety triggering the mental behavior of worrying, which then results in feeling like we're in control or at least we're doing something. And then that sets up the habit loop of anxiety triggering worrying, which then just feeds back and triggers more anxiety. Hmm. Yeah. I've heard people say that they feel really guilty for not thinking about a problem. You know, like Mm. the, the old advice of just try not to think about it. Like I have to think about it. I have to spend time Mm -hmm. on this because if I'm not thinking about it, then I'm not doing anything. And it's like, well, you're not mm-hmm. actually doing anything by thinking about it, but <laughs> you're very distracted from watching this movie. <laughs> yeah. So it's not yeah. like, you know, that is productive work. And I think sometimes we think worrying is productive work. It is a way mm-hmm. to show that we care about this thing that we can't control. And yeah. 
you know, I, I, I truly believe when I've had issues with anxiety or when I've seen folks challenged by anxiety that there are some loops we cannot get out of. And that conversation, mm-hmm. it will just keep circling until we do something different or until it has reached its expiration in our brain. <laughs> yeah. Let's double click on that for a moment just to make sure folks understand how important that point is that you're making. You know, this worrying, I think of this as an evolutionary bottleneck mm-hmm. where planning and thinking, right? If we need to think through a problem, that's really helpful from a survival standpoint. Planning about the future is very different than worrying about the future. And as you said, you know, when we get stuck in that perseveration, when we're just worrying and worrying and thinking about something over and over and over, that thinking is not actually problem solving. It's just getting us stuck in that rut of more worrying. So I'm glad you highlight that because that is a critical distinction because people think, oh, there, there, there must be something helpful about this, but they're not actually looking at what they're getting from it. It's not helping. It's not helping them solve a problem. It's not keeping their family members safe if they're worried about that or, or whatnot. It's just making them more anxious in the moment. The wait is over. The shy is back on Paramount Plus and the stakes have never been higher. Everything changes on the South Side when a new threat comes to power in the Showtime original series from Emmy winner Lena Waithe. Battle lines will be drawn, alliances will shift, and danger lies around every corner, leaving everyone to wonder who they can trust. Visit ParamountPlus.com slash TheShot to get a 50% discount off the Paramount Plus with Showtime annual plan. Offer ends July 14th. Subscription auto-renews. Restrictions apply. Tired of endless diets and weight loss struggles? It's time to say goodbye to frustration and hello to results. Introducing Smart Metabolic Burn from BrainMD, your breakthrough solution to fight stubborn body fat. Imagine burning fat, balancing glucose levels, and regulating metabolism in just 12 weeks. This unique two-in-one product combines the power of two clinically studied ingredients in one revolutionary formula. Berberine, which targets abdominal fat, and OEA, which curbs your appetite, with just two capsules a day, Smart Metabolic Burn by BrainMD can kickstart your metabolism, fight stubborn body fat, especially that pesky abdominal fat, and support your weight management journey. Right now, save over 30% on Smart Metabolic Burn at GetSmartBurn.com, the lowest price anywhere. That's GetSmartBurn.com. Don't delay. Transform your life with Smart Metabolic Burn from BrainMD. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. Our products are not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Trinity School of Natural Health can help you be part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry. With an education that empowers communities, Trinity grads can change lives by applying natural health principles and techniques in holistic practices or stores selling nourishing health products. Offering 19 online programs that fit your busy schedule, you'll get training to help turn your passion into a career. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. I want to talk for a minute about sleep issues. I have a practice here in Charlotte, and years ago, I started getting all these referrals from a medical doctor who um, really believed in CBT for sleep. Hmm. And he would have all these patients, and they would do these sleep studies, and he's like, it's nothing wrong with 
you, you should be able to sleep. This must mm-hmm. be anxiety. And, you know, mm-hmm. we meet a few times and they practice some things and be able to sleep maybe a little bit better. And then, you know, the challenge sometimes with therapy is, a lot of the things that a therapist, a psychiatrist might suggest, you have to practice those things. Mm -hmm. And so if you want the anxiety to go away by doing nothing, the anxiety won't go away. And so a lot of the strategy is, okay, well, what are we doing at bedtime? So can we talk about some things that might help us sleep a little bit better? Sure, I'd be happy to. So for example, CBTI is a very good evidence-based treatment protocol to help people get to sleep, but it's a protocol. It says, you know, don't do these, you know, use your bed just for sleep and sex, for example. So don't watch television in bed, get rid of your devices, things like that at nighttime. It doesn't really touch enough on one of the core problems that I see, and it sounds like you see as well, which is the worrying piece. Because we can't just shut off the worry switch, you know, like we can shut off our phone or our tablet or whatever. And in fact, it's so common that the NIH has specific measures in their battery of measures that relate worry and sleep. That's how common it is. So a couple of years ago, we did a study with our anxiety program and just said, ask a simple question, which is, hey, if we treat people's anxiety And we don't touch on any of these other things. We don't even mention the word sleep. Can we improve their sleep? And lo and behold, we got a very significant reduction in uh, anxiety, which we had seen in previous studies. But also, we found that their sleep was improved simply by treating the worry piece. And the way I think of this, and I see this all the time, is somebody's head hits the pillow and their brain says, my turn, and it just starts worrying about everything. You know, it's like I didn't have time during the day, but now, you know, I've got I've got my a turn. captive audience. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes, my turn. <laughs> and so it does that. And then we anxiety is it revs us up, right? Because it's fear. Fear is supposed to get us into action. So it's it increases our inner, you know, our arousal levels. So we can't sleep. And then we look at our phone or our clock and see that we're not sleeping and we get even more anxious. Mm, nothing ruins your sleep more than tracking how much you haven't slept. <laughs> it's For like, sure. That is the worst. That's worse than using the phone in bed, in my opinion. Yeah. If you oh, track, oh my gosh, I've been laying here three hours and I have two hours. Or two, that is the worst thing. Um, <laughs> it's like, even once you fall asleep, that thought is still in your head and that is impacting the quality that you get in maybe the hour two or six. But, you know, I also find that there are times where people are sleeping more than they think. And there's a lot of sleep misinformation mm-hmm. around like, you must sleep eight hours. It has to be from this time to this time. And I think most people can benefit from sleeping through the night. And then there are some people. I have a cousin. And from the time she was an infant, she did not sleep at night. You know, you're thinking, oh, typical baby stuff. Well, fast forward. She just does not sleep well at night. Now, when she was mm-hmm. younger in school, there was a pill she would have to take to be able to go to bed because mm-hmm. she has to function in a world that's not set up for her particular sleep cycle, right? Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. now she has the opportunity. You you would be a wonderful person to work the midnight shift, <laughs> right? Like you right. don't, 
you don't adhere to, you know, regular sleep schedules. Now that's not common, but she sleeps the appropriate time, but during the day. Mm-hmm. So sometimes it's important to think about like, you know, how much you're sleeping overall, not just that nighttime sleep. You mentioned gastrointestinal issues, and I'd love for us to talk a minute about what we do with our eating when we're stressed, you know, like stress eating and Mm -hmm. poor appetite. I tend to be more of a poor appetite person. If something Mm -hmm. is going on, oh my gosh, I could just drink tea and water and completely forget. And then there are some of us where it's like, I just want to feel And that is a way for me to feel. So can you talk about stress eating? I'd be happy to. And in fact, you're highlighting something that's really interesting. I I just wrote about it in in my new book, The Hunger Habit, where the term anorexia, when you don't add the nervosa to it, anorexia is actually a physiologically adaptive mechanism. And what it means is that we lose our appetite when we need to lose it. So if we're afraid, right? And that's what, you know, I think of anxiety as fear of the future. So when Mm. fear kicks in, the normal response is for our body to say, hey, I've only got this amount of blood. I need to either, you know, devote it to my digestive system or my muscles. And when we need to be prepared to run, you know, that's the fight, flight, freeze, then we divert all that energy to our muscles. And so our stomach says, hey, I can't digest anything right now. So don't try putting something in here. You know, some people even describe that as fight, flight, freeze, and fast Mm. as a reminder that our stomachs are not at their optimal when we are in danger, right? And they, they shouldn't be. It's a physiologically adaptive mechanism. So when we look at that term, what you're describing is the normal thing that most of us I should say should, but like you're highlighting, there's a lot of variability in people, but it's that's the normal response. What gets fascinating, this is why I wrote an entire book, because it's it just becomes so interesting how different people learn to associate eating with different things. And you know, one is food mood, right? Where when we're anxious, we learn to eat or stress eat or get some comfort food so that we can comfort ourselves. And this is our evolutionarily adaptive learning mechanism, you know, negative reinforcement that's saying, hey, something's unpleasant, make it go away. And so when we're stressed out, we learn, oh, if I eat this type of food, especially, you know, refined carbohydrates, right? That's why comfort food is not broccoli. It's like, you know, mac and cheese or something, (laughs) something like that, something with a lot of carbohydrate in it. We eat that because our body is tuned to say, hey, this is a good source of calories. And we interpret that as, hey, this is comfortable. Mm. And so we learn to eat, you know, not when we're hungry, but when we're stressed, we're bored, we're angry, we're lonely, we're tired, all of these things. And in fact, this is so common that scientists had to come up with a term called hedonic hunger, which is a misnomer because we're eating in the absence of hunger but that hedonic aspect is highlighting that we're eating in the presence of emotions. And it's that emotional eating that drives us to eat. And then we learn to eat not when we're hungry, but because of an emotion. It's fascinating. Mm. There are so many movies that when a woman breaks up, she grabs ice cream. (laughs) (laughs) 
Like that is, I, I can't even think of one movie because I think of so many where it's like, <laughs> get the Ben and Jerry's. Where's the spoon? Yeah. Where's the, you know, where's the meme for this? Like, it, do you, have you seen this Dr. Brewer where it's like this, when you're sad, do this sort mm-hmm. of conditioning. It is ice cream or, you know, for some of us, you know, I've, I've heard people say like, you know, I just, I've worked so hard this week. I'm so tired. I've just got to get a piece of this thing. Mm -hmm. Um, because it is like, you know, this is my reward for being tired. This is the comfort I need to feel better after this breakup, like this ice cream, um, Mm -hmm. will make me feel so much better. Is it true in some way that it, is it some length of satisfaction that happens once you get that ice cream? Well, it's, there is a length of satisfaction and it's a very short length. Okay. Right? How so, long? Like 20 minutes? Oh, I would say, <laughs> I'm just trying to think because I asked this question of my patients as well. I would say between five and 20 minutes. Some of them say mm. it's very short, mm. you know? So afterwards and during, they're often not paying attention to what it actually feels like. It's just the get it in so that mm-hmm. I can distract myself. Mm-hmm. And so the, the satisfaction often comes from that distraction, right? The, it's certainly ice cream tastes good, but it's really about getting something in to distract ourselves. I'm thinking of one of my patients who used to uh, have binge eating disorder, and she would, as she described it, she would eat to numb herself from her negative emotions. And her mm-hmm. particular food was pizza. She would eat entire large pizzas actually in one sitting as a way to numb herself. Was that New Um, York style or deep dish? (laughs) It was New York (laughs) style. That matters. Yeah, deep dish. Boy, anybody that could shovel down an entire deep dish pizza, let me see you do it. Wow, that that would be tough. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. The wait is over. The shy is back on Paramount Plus, and the stakes have never been higher. Everything changes on the South Side when a new threat comes to power in the Showtime original series from Emmy winner Lena Waithe. Battle lines will be drawn, alliances will shift, and danger lies around every corner, leaving everyone to wonder who they can trust. Visit ParamountPlus.com slash shot to get a 50% discount off the Paramount Plus with Showtime annual plan. Offer ends July 14th. Subscription auto-renews. Restrictions apply. Tired of endless diets and weight loss struggles? It's time to say goodbye to frustration and hello to results. Introducing Smart Metabolic Burn from BrainMD, your breakthrough solution to fight stubborn body fat. Imagine burning fat, balancing glucose levels, and regulating metabolism in just 12 weeks. This unique two-in-one product combines the power of two clinically studied ingredients in one revolutionary formula. Berberine, which targets abdominal fat, and OEA, which curbs your appetite. With just two capsules a day, Smart Metabolic Burn by BrainMD can kickstart your metabolism, fight stubborn body fat, especially that pesky abdominal fat and support your weight management journey and right now save over 30 percent on smart metabolic burn at getsmartburn.com the lowest price anywhere that's getsmartburn.com don't delay transform your life with smart metabolic burn from brain md these statements have not been evaluated by the food and drug administration our products are not intended to diagnose treat cure or prevent any disease trinity school of natural health can help you be part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry 
With an education that empowers communities, Trinity grads can change lives by applying natural health principles and techniques in holistic practices or stores selling nourishing health products. Offering 19 online programs that fit your busy schedule, you'll get training to help turn your passion into a career. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. But yes, you know, food is one of the ways that we sometimes manage anxiety. Let's talk about scrolling. And I'm not just talking about social media. I'm I'm trying to unscroll myself because I find that my scrolling is not always social media. It's other little busy things on my phone. It's like checking the weather. Well, I wonder what the weather is like in Miami. If it's this weather in Charlotte, oh my gosh, what hotels in Miami can, I mean, it's just like, (laughs) you know, it's just like a thing to, to pass time. And I, yeah, I wonder how that ties into the things that we do when we become anxious or when we're feeling a thing. Yeah, so it sounds like you're all scrolled up. Is that what you're saying? Oh, yeah, I've reached the the <laughs> end of the internet. I mean, just, uh, I, I know things about celebrities I shouldn't even know. I'm like, right. John Travolta did what? Yeah. I don't need to know these things. <laughs> I've reached the end of of my limit Um, to the Mm -hmm. point where I am in a space of really reducing. I did remove um, like Instagram from my phone and I'm trying to mindfully watch TV, especially, you know, the shows that I really enjoy and I want to pay attention to. Mm -hmm. And when I find myself like veering toward um, grabbing my phone, I do wonder like, why? Why? Like you're you're busy. (laughs) Like you're doing something. Why are you doing this other thing? And it comes back to, I'm missing out. There's something on there that like somebody, you know, so it's, it's a little bit of worry in there, right? Like something, something happened in your email. Get it. (laughs) It's like, oh my gosh. Yes. I missed the email from world market. (laughs) (laughs) Right. And that's a very important one. To actually yes. open within two minutes of receiving it, because otherwise something terrible might happen. Yeah, you so, can't go to the store in two days if you don't see it immediately. <laughs> <laughs> so you're highlighting a couple of things. One is that our brains are set up to really crave information, and mm-hmm. it's been shown that dopamine fires in our stomach when we're our stomachs are empty. It says, "Go get food." And when we don't have information about something, we get a similar mechanism firing in our brain. So I think of information is like, you know, is the food for our brain, right? And Mm -hmm. it's been shown that animals will forego food for information because it's a helpful, you know, it's helpful to survive. So we get that piece. And then the internet, of course, has endless information that we could get that we don't necessarily need, but there's that little tidbit of, oh, a little bit more. Uh, could be helpful. On top of that, there's, as you mentioned, the fear of missing out, right? So it's like, oh, what if I miss something? And -hmm. occasionally we'll get some tidbit of information where like, wow, that was really helpful, really timely or whatever. But that actually gets reinforced through a process called intermittent reinforcement, which is basically like a slot machine, right? You don't know when you're going to get that useful piece of information. And because you don't know when, we keep going back for more and like, oh, let me check, let me check. I see this all the time with news feeds, right? We mm-hmm. check our news feed because we think, oh, I need to be up to date. 
how often do we really need to be up to date? You know, if something is terrible is actually going to happen, somebody's probably going to call us. We don't need to be checking our newsfeed every 10 minutes. But if we check it every 10 minutes, maybe once a day, I don't know, depends on what people count as useful information, Mm -hmm. uh, we might get some big headline update. And we're like, oh, wow. And this dopamine fires in our brain that says, oh, that was important information. And we think, oh, I should be checking my newsfeed all the time. The truth is we could probably check it once a day and our life isn't going to be materially different except that we'll be happier <laughs> and be spending our time on more productive things than checking our news. But I think that's a that's an example of how we scroll in so many different ways. Mm-hmm. It, they all fall into that general theme. Yeah, I, I think when we use the word scroll, people often think like, oh, you're looking at TikTok, you're looking at Instagram, but it's like weather apps, it's news, it's shopping mm-hmm. sites, it's refreshing those emails, it's, you know, looking at your ring doorbell too many times. It's all, <laughs> it's all the things that, you know, we don't have to do in that moment and that we're not doing intentionally because it's okay to intentionally scroll, right? But what if we're. Mm-hmm supposed to be working and we're scrolling, you know? So there are some, you know, parameters needed. Yeah. Yeah. And I think this is where we can even leverage the strength of our brain because often we think, you know, oh, the easiest thing to do is just to remove this from my phone or Mm -hmm. or not do it. The problem is that willpower is more myth than muscle. And so, you know, I love the phrase, what we resist persists. So if we think, oh, Mm -hmm. I'm not going to do that, that's just going to build up like a a water behind a dam until we eventually, you know, succumb to whatever the behavior is. And on top of that, when we are deprived of something, we want it more. So if we say, I'm not going to eat the cookie, then we suddenly want the cookie even more, even if we didn't want it that much, because we told ourselves we can't have it. So here, knowing how our brain works is really, really helpful. And whether it's resisting or moving beyond the resisting of the food or trying to stop ourselves from worrying, it's the same mechanism in our brain. Mm -hmm. And so what we found is that instead, you know, this might sound crazy, but what we found is that having people go ahead and do the thing, but pay attention to the result of the thing really helps them become disenchanted with it so that they can naturally be less excited to do it in the future. And that's where real behavior change happens. So for example, mm-hmm. you know, one study, we got a 67% reduction in anxiety, not by telling people to develop more willpower, but by having them explore what they actually get from worrying, right? And they start to see, oh, Worrying doesn't actually solve problems. It doesn't help anything. It just makes me more anxious. And, you know, we did a study with our, you know, our Eat Right Now program that's um, around helping people change their relationship to eating. We got a 40% reduction in craving related eating, not because we told people to, you know, resist the cravings, but because we had people go ahead and eat. And if they overate or they were eating junk food or whatever, we had them pay attention to the results. You ready for this? It only took 10 to 15 times of somebody overeating for that reward value to drop below zero and for them to change Mm. that behavior. So it doesn't take a lot of time. It just takes knowing how our brain works 
And it takes fostering that awareness so that we can ask these simple questions like, what am I getting from this? And then we can mm. leverage the strength of our brain. Yeah, I um, I have a following of significance on Instagram, and I was very hesitant to remove the app because I'm with you. I don't think it's the app is not the problem. I am the problem. Mm. Mm. Um, and so I use it from my iPad. Um, and I could use it as much as I want to. However, my iPad is huge. Um, it's just not as comfortable to use Instagram on my iPad and mm -hmm. I'm not taking it everywhere with me. And the, the thing I wanted to cure more than anything was looking at things when I'd rather be reading. Mm. And so that's why I removed it from my phone because mm -hmm. I would find myself like scrolling when I could actually just open my Kindle app. <laughs> so I'm like, I want to read more books. I don't want to read captions. And so when I want to read captions, I go to my iPad and I look and I read all the captions I want to, but I don't have it on my phone. And I don't know if, you know, that's useful to anyone, but it helped me separate work from pleasure right? Like, mm. because a part of Instagram is work. And then the other part when I'm looking at plants is like, okay, this is the fun side, but you know, I can schedule 20 minutes to do the work on Instagram. But if that thing is on my phone, oh, the lines are just blurred. <laughs> <laughs> well, let me ask you, when you, you know, if you reflect back on reading more and scrolling less, how does that feel? It feels really good because I like mm -hmm. to get lost in a book. I feel like I'm getting more. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. The scrolling sometimes, um, I feel like I'm looking at a lot of things that are not my business and I would be, be better off not knowing. <laughs> so like, I, don't, yeah. I don't need to know this information. And I find myself really irritated sometimes with the information I find out. And then I have to tell myself, that's not my business anyway. And I am the person going on here and looking at these things. And then I'm like, well, why would they don't look at it? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> they could do whatever they want to do. You don't have yeah. to look at it. And I think that's, you know, it's, it's anything. I think that, you know, when you're looking at the lives of others and people doing things, it's like, well, I want to do some stuff too. And it's not always helpful for me to watch people do stuff and not do the stuff. Um, so I, I think it gives me more freedom to live in my life mm -hmm. and be less of a viewer of others. Yeah. And I wasn't using it that much as the, the interesting thing. People laughed. They're like, how much was you? Using? Too much. Two minutes, too much. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> too much for me, for right. me. Right. Well, and, be, you know, asking this question, how do I want to live my life? You know, and you know, probably you know, nobody's going to have on their gravestone. I wish I'd scrolled more. Mm. <laughs> and I really like getting information from people. I find that mm. my clients, my friends, my family, when they tell me about the news story or they tell me about this new trend or they directly text me a meme, a video, I am able to connect with them around that thing versus it just being in this space. So I like the the one-on-one -on -one connection yeah. that I can have with that. people without it 
me finding this stuff and telling them. It's really fun for a client to be like, did you go to the grocery store yet? I'm like, no, what's happening? It's going to be a storm. Really? You know, and so we get to... I had no idea, you know, so it's, it's a really interesting way for me to receive information. I like it that way. Mm-hmm. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. And we certainly don't have, well, I'll put it this way. We could certainly all benefit from more connection in this very disconnected world. So I love that way of, of connecting with people. Yeah. Yes. So please list your books and tell folks where they can find you. Sure. So my website's just drjud.com, D-R-J-U-D.com. I'm also on Instagram uh, at dr.jud. And then the newest book's called The Hunger Habit. Uh, and the uh, the book that we've probably uh, most been talking about today is called Unwinding Anxiety. Uh, and the app that we've studied is of the same name. And people can find those you know, anywhere they like to buy books. Uh, I'd say support your independent booksellers, but you can also uh, find links to a bunch of different places. Uh, folks can find them on my drjud.com website. Yes. Well, thank you so much. We um, are in the family of publishing. You're on Avery. I'm on Tarcher. So I deeply appreciate your work. I can't wait for your next book. Um, the work you're doing is incredible, valuable, and important. So thank you so much. Well, thank you. It's been a pleasure. You Need to Hear This is an iHeart production hosted by me, Nedra Glover-Tawab. Our executive producer is Joelle Bonique. Our senior producer and editor is Mia Dawn Taylor. Send us a voice memo with your questions about boundaries and relationships at you need to hear this at iHeartMedia.com. Please be sure to rate our show wherever you listen to it and share this episode with someone who needs to hear this. Talk to you next time. Tired of endless diets and weight loss struggles? It's time to say goodbye to frustration and hello to results. Introducing Smart Metabolic Burn from BrainMD, your breakthrough solution to fight stubborn body fat. Imagine burning fat, balancing glucose levels, and regulating metabolism in just 12 weeks. This unique two-in-one product combines the power of two clinically studied ingredients in one revolutionary formula. Berberine, which targets abdominal fat, and OEA, which curbs your appetite. With just two capsules a day, Smart Metabolic Burn by BrainMD can kickstart your metabolism, fight stubborn body fat, especially that pesky abdominal fat and support your weight management journey. And right now, save over 30% on Smart Metabolic Burn at GetSmartBurn.com. The lowest price anywhere. That's GetSmartBurn.com. Don't delay. Transform your life with Smart Metabolic Burn from BrainMD. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. Our products are not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. 
Trinity School of Natural Health can help you be part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry. With an education that empowers communities, Trinity grads can change lives by applying natural health principles and techniques in holistic practices or stores selling nourishing health products. Offering 19 online programs that fit your busy schedule, you'll get training to help turn your passion into a career. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org.